Hello and welcome to Setting the Skein. I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And Macy, you're back. I am. Welcome back. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah. Oh Wait, boy. Wasn't there a fourth guy on this podcast at one point? Oh boy. Who? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too Who? Worried. Did you know. say, uh, did you imply presence of someone else? No, I think it's just the four of us. Me, uh, Elijah, Tristan, and Macy. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and all of our other guests. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Who are all here. Say hi, guys. Oh. Hi. Wow, that was good. You guys <laughs> pulled that off, both of you. Yeah, they're all, they're all here. Yeah, so in case we... In closet. They're in the basement. They're our live studio audience today. If you hear some rattling, ignore it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason. The movie we did warranted a live studio audience. That's true. Tristan, <laughs> Big what one. Talk about. Wait, real quick, just just for for anybody who's never listened to Setting the Skein, I'm pretty sure Ben was referring to the fact that we do have another co-host who hasn't been on here in a couple months. His name is Doug, and he's very funny, and we miss him. That's what you were referring to, right? <laughs> I believe so. I mean, yeah, but if you have to explain the joke, it's not quite as funny. <laughs> ben I says, I don't know Doug. who that is. <laughs> I thought Doug was coming back this week and I got so sad whenever I realized it was yeah. going to be next week. I was like, oh, I miss him. I want him. Doug. Well, all right. <laughs> I miss him. I want him. Doug. Well, while we're waiting on Doug to come back, we did watch a movie this week. Anyone want to tell me what we watched? We watched Twilight, oh. Ben. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we uh, did. Twilight, the cultural uh, phenomenon, the classic, yeah. the classic drama of all tweens, the it's... cultural moment, the life-changing climax of all of our existences. <laughs> well, if, that, if that's my climax, then I've got quite an existence uh, ahead. <laughs> well, you just watched it today, so I'm sure. I mean, what you have like 25 more years left yeah yeah you're right well i watched it when i was like probably 11 so i mean my clock's already run out i've 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 expired (laughs) okay yeah you peaked too early we waited until 2021 to watch this movie that came out in 2008 based on a novel from 2005 yeah that is on a bookshelf in my classroom right at this moment Boy, i haven't read it that you have that in your classroom it's <laughs> not mine uh none of the books in my classroom are mine i was handed a box full and twilight was in there nice. you should donate it <clears throat> well uh, do no. you know if y'all have information about the film pulled up i do all right so about the movie. it's 2008 it was directed by one Catherine hardwick based on the book by stephanie meyer uh, the cast includes Kristen Stewart, um, Matt Bushell, Billy Burke, Gil Birmingham, Taylor Lautner, uh, Justin Chan, Anna Kendrick. Uh, and, if, you know, I feel like these names might be recognizable to some people. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned Robert Pattinson, also one of the leads. Um, but most of these actors, I don't know from anything else. Peter Fascinelli, maybe. That's fair. I have uh, the reviews pulled up. So on Rotten Tomatoes, both the scorometer, or wait a minute, both the tomato meter and the audience score got a 100. 
um, on Google reviews, it got a 100. I don't IMDb, think that's true. It got a 100. I'm looking at IMDb on, right now. On, and it's a, <laughs> I, IMDb. And on the setting the scheme podcast. Uh, I'm wait a second. Wait, I feel something. Uh, I predict the future. It will get the first score of 100. That's impossible. On IMDb, I'm looking at it. It's got a five out of 10. Yeah. So I think that was a five. That's five away from being perfect. Uh, that's still a ways to go. Uh, looking over at Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it's got a 49% uh, critic review on the tomato meter. However, has um, a 73% audience score. Because the people know what they like. Um, on Google, it has 4.5 out of five stars. Telling you, the people know. Um, Google's always generous. Yeah. I mean, you're right. But it Google has... represents the common man. Maybe. Uh, Actually, Rotten Tomatoes does. <laughs> Carry well, on. Now, either way, do uh, you it's have gotta... to have an account on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't know. See, that's going one step too far. If you're uh, the average be... person, yeah. you just want to be—you just want to barely put in your effort. So to be come fair, on. I have left more Google reviews than Rotten Tomatoes. He reviews. does leave a good review. If I can tell you one thing about Benjamin Tankersley, <laughs> is he will leave a review. Well, Ben's not the common man. <laughs> this is also true. Uh, but yes, last rating for you on Common Sense Media. As a three out of five. Wow. I don't agree with that one. If you have common sense, it should be at least a two out of five. Well, I love this movie, but let's be honest. Well, it's more an emotional <laughs> connection for me. Well, looking at uh, what there's a lot or a little of in this movie, according to this, uh, of the uh, areas that it gives, um, consumerism is the one that is marked as the most frequent in this movie. Uh, compared to sex, violence, language, drinking drugs and smoking, uh, positive messages, which are not present in this movie, according to this. Oh, come on. And positive role models and representations. So you don't think Edward Cullen is a positive role model? That is it? I was not. Um, okay. I, was not I would like to him. scratch that because you don't think Jacob Black is a good role model. He is a committed friend of good intent and pureness i'm pretty sure we don't really see that in the movie i know he doesn't really get featured till blue what is it called new moon i almost said blue moon <laughs> blue moon yeah yeah i haven't sorry i'm so, sipping right now i'm kidding <laughs> why don't we talk about our experience with the film yeah uh, i was about to go into it yeah i lied why don't you start us off i know you um you've seen this you've seen this before right yeah well recently um so my experience with the film is it this was um one of the first things that i encountered that was very like you know the idea that you either love it or hate it there's no in between mm -hmm. this was one of those and then like i think macy's going to talk about because you were talking about it before we started recording even within twilight fans there were a few of those things going on it's very divisive um most of my friends from what i remember um and i'm i'm remembering the time around when this came out uh when this movie in particular came out I had a lot of friends who'd already read the books and were obsessed with it. And a lot of friends who weren't into it at all. And I knew a few people who'd read the book and been like, yeah, it wasn't good. And they were not excited for the movie, but nobody was like, Oh yeah, this, you know, this is kind of cool. Um, I didn't think anybody was in the middle. Everybody either loved it or hated it, hated it. And um, growing up as I did, you know, we all kind of to some extent or another kind of grew up in a in a subculture that's very 
wary of anything the broader culture puts out um, that seems a little different. <laughs> so um, I, you know, coming from that context, I was kind of like, I don't know about this stuff. What's with all these people falling in love with vampires? What is happening to storytelling these days? I was, I was a very jaded ninth grader. Um, but I, I did sit down to start to watch it at one point. Um, and I, I made it just a little bit after the scene when he, when Edward steps out and glitters and I was kind of just like, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> you know? This is weird. And, uh, I stopped watching it, but recently now that it's on Netflix, um, I watched it with Rebecca who insists I need to watch all five movies. I keep saying four and she reminds me there's five. So eventually I'm going to get through all of them, but so far I've just watched the first one. Uh, I've seen it a time and a half now. All right. Uh, well, I actually have a similar experience. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend also uh, wanted me to watch all of them with her. Isn't that right, Macy? Uh, <laughs> Did you watch if all I, of them? If I remember correctly, actually, we forgot about... <laughs> We forgot about one. We forgot to watch Eclipse. Mm -hmm. We did our best. So you but... went from new, new Moon to Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn. And you did you have questions? Were you like, no? The thing is, missing. is the story just continues. Eclipse is a well. I don't want to kill it, but Eclipse is about a whole different thing. Um, it involves like a war amongst the oh um, newborns, mm -hmm. uh, vampires, and. It's more of a side story than mm -hmm. anything else. It is good though. I do want to watch it. So put that on the list. Okay. We I have think, a running list. Still on there. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, as far as my experience, that was my first time watching this. Uh, and I'll get into this a little bit later. Um, I am by no means a Twilight Defender. Um, I don't think it's nearly as bad as some people make it out to be. Um, I think a couple things give it a particularly bad rap. Uh, mostly people starting with this movie and watching none of the rest of them, and then also the sparkly vampires. Yeah. Um, we have ben, to get I, over that. The body glimmer, just let it happen. I'm just like, man, they, uh, well, we'll we'll talk about Stephanie Meyer's yeah. depiction of vampires later, but it is kind of, wow, okay. Um, I, I think those two things give the whole series a very bad um, reputation. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say, Ben, we're probably going to see pretty eye to eye on this because the reason I made a point to say all of my friends growing up either loved it or hated it, there was no in between, is because I feel like I'm in between. That's, I, I would say I'm also kind of in between. Me too. You guys should start a support group. <laughs> Betweeners. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the small handful of people who feel lukewarmly about Twilight. <laughs> well, here's the, the thing. The Bible this... says those who are lukewarm will be cast spit out of the mouth. This Don't this either. movie has redeeming qualities and it also is cringy AF. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, that's hard. That's hard to say it's bad or good, you know? It's, no, if you think back to the jerk days, it's so bad, it is good. Mm. Well, it's not quite, it's not uh. Quite that. Um, All right. see, uh, tell us about your experience with Twilight. Well, my experience. So I, I was like a young lass. Yeah, so most of, um, all of us. I was your classic, very young preteen. I wasn't even a tween yet, I would say. Oh. The ripe age of 10, maybe 11. And I was exposed to the Twilight. Now, did I ever read the novels? Absolutely not. 
However, was I immersed in the beauty of the films? Absolutely, yes. Um, we obsessed over it. Me, everyone, I was included. We got t-shirts. Uh, we were very, very just divisive over our teams. I will say I originally was team Jacob. Um, I appreciated his steadfastness. And in my mind, he knew Bella first, cared about her first, and therefore deserved her. Um, then I grew up and now I am team Edward, I must say. I appreciate Jacob, but he was not for Ed, uh, Bella. Anywho, we screamed, we laughed, we cried, we swooned. We were 11. So it was, it was a good time. Very monumental in my development. It was my adolescence. Well, I, I have I had never seen this movie before. Um, I went this this long without seeing any of it, and uh, I, I I would like to tell what it I would like to tell you what it's about, audience. Ben, can I do that? Please. All right. So, from Tristan Webb's perspective, here it is. You got Bella. She's a teenager. Air quotes. Teenager. Um, she doesn't look like a teenager to me, but anyway. Um, she moves to the Pacific Northwest from Arizona. Her parent, her, her mother uh, and stepdad are traveling away. She goes to the Pacific Northwest because her dad lives there and works there as the sheriff. Um, police chief, sorry. And yeah, she goes and lives there for a little while, goes to school, meets this uh, handsome fellow named Edward and other people who are also handsome. And uh, he can't get enough of her for various reasons. She can't get enough of him for various reasons. The reasons uh, come to pass. <laughs> um, he is a vampire. Turns out he wants to eat her. Uh, but, he does, but he also loves her. Uh, and he is conflicted. Um, ain't that love. Ain't that just love. Gotta eat him. But you want to love him. Sometimes. Can't have both. Can't have both. Can't live um, with him. <laughs> All right. Can't eat him. <laughs> can't eat him. So he ends up protecting her a lot because bullies. Uh, and, and not just bullies, but um, the worst kind of bullies, the adult bullies, uh, approach bullies. her. Um, and also uh, uh, vampire bullies <laughs> approach her as well. Um, anyway, he protects her from a lot of things, and at the end of the movie, uh, they kiss, and he saves her, and yada, 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 much stuff happens. But that, that's that's pretty much the movie. There's also a bunch of other vampires that she finds out about, too. That they're all living together with Edward. Um, they call themselves the, the Cullen family. They're not technically living together now, are they? They're undying. They're, they're dying together. Undying together. Um, Tristan, I find it just bonkers that you went through that summary without using the word weird a single time. <laughs> you didn't describe a single character or situation as weird. Uh, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> I could I could not have summarized this movie without saying weird eleven or twelve times. <laughs> I tend to not categorize things as weird anymore. Okay. I mean, weird is relative, obviously. Yeah. Um, but if you ask me, that was always part of the charm of this movie for a lot of people, because we were all weird kids in middle school, and we wanted to relate to protagonists that had weird behavior. <laughs> but it is kind of, that was one of the cringy things about this movie. Well, yeah, when we talk about Kristen Stewart, I'll probably say weird a few times. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I think a lot of what you both are describing as cringy is also very intentional. I mean, it's a 
it's a it's a tween fantasy romance yep novel i mean that's exactly what that's why i think the vampires sparkle yeah is it realistic no but do 13 year olds want that yes a 13 year old wants a sparkly immortal boyfriend well that 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 didn't bother me the the romance part of it like that didn't bother me really it wasn't that we'll get into it when we talk about Kristen stewart (laughs) um but i mean i don't know well i feel like we've kind of already discussed it as a cultural phenomenon so it is a cultural phenomenon, but before we before we move from that to our next point, I want to mention something. Another thing I've been watching with Rebecca is a little old show from the 90s called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. I am only two seasons in, so I'm by no means an expert. I haven't learned everything there is to know about the show, but here's the thing. We watched it on a whim one day because it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, and we were both, I was like, Hey, this was a cultural phenomenon in the nineties. Let's watch it. And she was like, Hey, Allison Hannigan from how I met your mother is in it. Let's watch it. Um, so we had enough reason to watch the pilot and it was, uh, very dated, very 1997 TV special effects. It was kind of bad, but I Googled it and got myself deep in a Wikipedia wormhole about Buffy, the vampire slayer found out that it is consistently ranked as one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And that there's a whole academic field of study around the show's influence called Buffy Studies. It's just apparently hugely influential enough that academics are dedicating time to research this show and how it changed television and TV's depiction of monsters and things like that. So uh, I couldn't help, but now that I've watched about a season and a half of Buffy, I couldn't help but go into this and think, all right, I don't think Twilight would exist without Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There are even just a season and a half in, there are quite a few similarities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like um, outside of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you've got like the old monster movie styles, like the Draculas, the Nosferatu's, like that was your vampire stuff. And mm-hmm. Before Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it hadn't really become mainstream again. Right. Then you've got Buffy coming in in the mid to late 90s and it's like, oh, vampires are cool again. Right. And I think a big part of this is that um, like a a few episodes in, about halfway through the um, first season, you realize that one of the main characters you've already met is a vampire. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's living as what the Cullen family would call vegetarians. Right. Mm -hmm. So and then he also ends up entangled in a romance uh, in in the story. And so the whole thing feels very Edward Cullen-ish. And Um, a vegetarian in this context. That means he's drinking animal blood, not he's not attacking people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I I couldn't help but see a few similarities there. Yeah, I mean, I. Sorry, go ahead, Tristan. I think it it was a lot and then i mean it was mainly in the 80s and 90s that brought vampires back to being cool i guess Buffy the vampire slayer was one of those movies or, or shows um i mean you had the lost boys was a big one in the 80s um what's the one with brad pitt about the being a vampire i don't remember what it's called it's a movie not a clue I'm sure you guys out there are listening or wanted to punch me in the face you know what it is but i don't remember Probably just sorry screaming the name of this movie 
at whatever device they're listening to us on. Uh, yeah, it's um, what? Interview with the Vampire. Oh. See, I've never heard of that movie. I'm surprised, actually. Are you? Uh, I am. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Buffy may have been the first thing to depict vampires as potentially good people and that maybe they fight against their instincts and try to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I can name quite a few pieces of media that do that same thing with vampires and there's also stuff like uh warm bodies that do things like that with other monsters mm-hmm. um and i'm I, after having gotten deep in a wikipedia wormhole about buffy i'm now under the impression that buffy is kind of the reason behind a lot of that yeah. um so i you know i'm not versed enough in buffy to write an essay about this but i guarantee to you there are essays out there about the influence of buffy the vampire slayer on twilight i just think that's interesting i'm not like uh, that's that's not a critique or or praise or anything it's just a neutral observation i'm throwing out there yeah no i mean and like i i think you definitely see that um in twilight like um like you were talking about like uh you've got vampires who are not the bad guys like like there are vampires who are the bad guys and it remains that way throughout the series but you've got vampires who are good guys who are not actively singing out human blood like they're just trying to in a manner of speaking, live their lives. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so let's kind of shift a little bit and talk about Stephanie Meyer, who is the author of the original uh, Twilight novels and her depiction of vampires, which always get called out because they're so daggum sparkly. And I feel like, yes. I think it did wonders for Bath and Body Works because they came out with that shimmer lotion or whatever mm-hmm. quickly after. And I'll tell you. Did they mean the to do that? School, Was that intentional marketing? Probably. I don't know, but they definitely saw the, 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 what was that called? The demand and they, they amped Is that what it does? Supply. Is that what it does? What? that like product it, it makes you shimmer all day like it doesn't come off like you you have to scrub you probably need dawn dish detergent to get it <laughs> off i'll tell you what good for an oil spill it's good for that glimmer oh well, yeah shimmer you mean all right yeah i feel like that is a large reason why um a lot of people never even gave twilight a chance uh now that's not to say that i mean like i said i am not a twilight defender uh, I do think it gets a bad. <laughs> I don't yeah. like the way you call yourself. Like I'm, I'm not a Twilight defender. It, is it bad to be a Twilight defender? No, no. Uh, That's my I, favorite Marvel character, by the way, the Twilight defender. Thank I have you. all those comics. I mean, I am trying to say that, like, I'm not saying that I actively love this movie, but I think people should give it a chance. Yeah, because I think there are things in this movie and in this series worth liking. Yeah, uh, because I, I mean, like, I will say, if you watch all of the movies, they get better, except for the CGI baby, except for the CGI baby that thing's creepy AF. It's horrible, it's, it's horrifying, horrible, horrible demon. But Breaking Dawn parts one and two, I would actually say, are good movies. Oh my gosh, Breaking Dawn part two, 
absolute treasure. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of the reason that people just automatically just write off the entire series, one of those reasons is because of Vampire Sparkle. And I think people need to be like, yeah, that's a thing, but let me give this a chance in spite of that. Who knows? I might like it. Yeah. So we grew up in an era where this came out. Like we were we were mm-hmm. in middle school, you know? And or like going into high school, that kind of range. So it was like not cool to like this. And it Plus just tween girl yeah yeah really cool to like it if you like if you were a tween yeah exactly so we're not that we're a bunch of boys um well i i had a bunch of friends who were guys who were really into twilight too really yeah definitely more girls than guys but i was friends with a lot of guys who were into twilight wow okay that's surprising i I didn't know anybody who except for (laughs) just i'm unusual people at my school um the downtrodden which to be fair was also you in your school and it was me in my school but we were just like our own brand of weird and we didn't get into twilight yeah yeah no you're you're not wrong um it, it was just a very specific group of girls who liked twilight in my school and it, and that was it and i i just remember like my friends were like oh, twilight huh uh, so, uh, vampires, uh, vampire love, uh, you know, just making like dumb jokes or whatever. And just they had there was no chance, there was never going to be a chance for them to like Twilight at that time because they just immediately passed it off as something that was just meant for girls. But huh. you know, if you if you take some time and take and think about it critically, you know, and watch it as an adult at least, you know, my mom read read that book when it came out, and I think she liked it um she read all of them i think so there's something there well i don't want to be this person but i do find it frustrating that because this was targeted for young girls Mm -hmm. that it becomes something unappealing and inherently bad just because no don't be afraid that's like saying i mean yeah twilight's cringy and yes it's it's cheesy like a hallmark movie kind of would be mm-hmm. yeah it was targeted towards girls but that's just i don't like the fact that that itself is what a lot of people are like oh it's stupid it's dumb it's lame it let's make fun of it mm-hmm. that's just like making fun of women and putting down women and saying pink's only for girls or whatever you know like i could go on and on and on mm-hmm. it's just that's just that's annoying that's like saying you throw like a girl like please shut up i'm sorry ah and i get it twilight is a little stupid it really is but i hate the fact that because it's targeted for girls that that is why a lot of people made fun of it or Mm -hmm. felt like it was subconscious i get it i don't think people are actively going out and saying oh yeah girls are lame but it's a subconscious Mm -hmm dynamic that was just bred in our culture anyway yeah because i mean you can make similar arguments about most things like oh you like power rangers all these people who somehow magically got into jumpsuits and into giant robots that turned into an even bigger robot and do bad karate right and then jump in front of explosions with bad acting are you kidding me power rangers is as i watched power rangers growing up because my brother and also something i liked 
it was power rangers hate back, time i guess go back and watch it right now it is really uh, and it is cheesy okay? yeah it is are you are you saying but people don't hate on power rangers like they would twilight right. they don't no not Where i have been from to the not my people not the people in my zone they don't they don't say oh it's oh it's lame <laughs> i mean like it's i'm sure that there are people that are but I would argue not nearly to the extent. I'd be heck if, if we were if we were growing up in the '90s as like in middle school, then we probably would have heard the same stuff about Power Rangers from girls, or you know, that we heard about from Twilight from guys. I would disagree, but I I also disagree because women <laughs> women's voices aren't taken seriously, yeah. regardless of how silly they're trying to be. Well. Okay, that's not what I mean. Yeah, that's Macy, not what I'm talking about. like, I agree with you too, but you use Power Rangers as an example. That was like one of the lamest. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm sorry. Example, but... Twilight's lame. I'm trying to equate I it. Mean, yeah, well, maybe it's fandom ever. There's easy ways to pick it apart and be like, oh, well, that's yeah. um, like, Power yeah, you're right. Just the first one that came to my mind. I it's only been... went with Power Rangers because Ben brought it up, but I thought it would be applicable. <laughs> Okay, I I was thrown for a loop because you were talking about it as if Power Rangers is something nobody ever criticizes. I have seen it, you know, since I was a little kid, and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think we did an episode about criticizing. It, I mean, that, that was also the movie, which was not very good. Like, <laughs> anyway, a lot of movies. Um, can I can I say just like watching this uh, recently as an adult? Um, who thinks more critically and has let go of a lot of the uh, preconceptions of masculinity that I had as a ninth grader. Um, the glittering thing still really drove me up a wall. And I'm going to try to express the actual reason for that. I think um, this movie fits very, very neatly into a uh, trope. I don't know the like nice, neat term for this trope. I should have like, scoured the internet for it before this episode but we've seen movies um sometimes from a male perspective generally centering a female other or sometimes the other way around as in twilight with from a female perspective centering uh, attention on this strange male other and it's this kind of trope where um the protagonist is always a person who's normal to the point of being lame you know, like, oh, Bella's, you know, she's clumsy and awkward and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Quirky. You know, you got some protagonist who kind of fits, it checks some of those boxes so that they can be like a normal and even uncool person. And then they reciprocally fall in love with this person who's an absolute deity walking on earth. They're like something straight out of a fantasy you know one of the things that people criticize the romance genre for is uh setting unrealistic expectations for people and um i'm i'm bringing that up not even touching the vampire thing because i understand that you can bring fantasy elements into a story to make a point and things like that i'm a big fan of that sort of thing but the fact that um the fact that edward was so consistently depicted as this godlike being that was one of the things that annoyed me about this story. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fair. Um, I think they do try to like show some of his struggle, like the whole like 
Uh, like he can't be with her because he doesn't think he can control his urges. Um, yeah, but that's, but I, that's I absolutely see what you're saying. That, yeah. That's, that's also romance trope ish. Uh, because you've got that tortured character who can just be broody all the time and that's sexy in its way too. Um, it, even though this story, you know, it came out and it was very unique as a romance because of, you know, vampires, um, it definitely hits a lot of those tropes. Um, and I, I also don't necessarily think tropes are a bad thing, but it just, it bugged me how, how much they like to set up. I mean, you see this in other movies all the time, even movies that have no fantastical elements whatsoever, um, where they'll set up this other character to be just absolutely perfect. Not, 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 uh, not perfect in the sense that they, they don't have struggles. Um, but just like somebody who walks straight out of a dream, straight out of your wildest fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, kind of shifting away from, um, I guess, like the story and like the, I guess, like, I don't know, the less technical stuff. Let's talk about some more of the technical stuff. Um, the camera work is a little all over the place. Tristan, I think you had some big thoughts on that. Sure. Uh, it is. So when I first started watching, I was like, this is pretty good. It's interesting yeah. to watch. Like, I. I thought that, I mean, it kept me intrigued, I guess. I don't know. Um, entertained. Um, I guess I guess the way I can describe it is a lot of the shots are um, like the quick pans. Um, so it'll hold. And usually it's like some pretty light camera work. So it's almost like handheld or something. Like a lot of the shots look handheld. And then it'll pan across to something. So there's a lot of those in this movie. Um, like it'll linger on. It, there's not a whole lot of. There's a lot of cuts, but it's not just cut, 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 cut. It's like let's go and see what this person's doing. Let's go over here, you know. And but we keep the camera on, which is interesting, and I like that part. But later on in the movie, you got some like angles that I didn't need, like you know especially in the forest when he's jumping around several there's several times where that happens it's just man it's like just chill out like i get it like i get your get the artsiness but um it's a little too much i think yeah a little much were they going for uh different and artsy when they did things like that because what i've heard is that that stuff changes and improves over the course of the series of movies i, I think it was a little bit due to their i don't know if it was because they hadn't tried other things yet or if they didn't have the budget i've seen some behind the scene videos of the vampires running through the woods and how they do it and and film them going so ridiculously fast as they have them on treadmills that are like that just move and the treadmills are like essentially sped through the forest on these paths and they run on the treadmills and that's a why it looks so unrealistic but b also mm -hmm. how they get that effect and it's actually hilarious <laughs> yeah uh, comparing those together <laughs> yeah that that may be my number one least favorite thing about this movie is when the <laughs> vampires are supposed to be moving super fast 
It looks so bad. One of mine would be when Edward is climbing the trees because literally his hands and feet don't touch the tree <laughs> and he's just like hovering over it. That was what I or pointed when out to at Ben. The dance and he picks up Bella and she's just like clearly standing on like a block or something. It he was, can fly. It was good. Good, bad moments. Mm -hmm. When he so calls I, her a spider also, monkey. He's yeah. the spider monkey. That's a, I, I also think that especially in this one they lean into a lot of that um like they know it looks bad but they're leaning into it why i think they knew that the the target audience uh -huh. would be so blinded by their emotions hormones and desire to be loved and accepted as little tween children <laughs> Um, I think they would just be blinded by that and and not see it. They weren't they weren't trying to make a movie for critics. They're making a movie for young people looking for love in their weird weird fantasies mm -hmm. of weirdness. <laughs> but to answer your question, Elijah, stylistic choice from the director. I mean, why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can sit here and ask why all day long. I think because they didn't care. I mean, they didn't I mean, have the audience. I mean, I, I, think, I think they did care. Okay, um, yeah. I think that they just decided to make these choices and stick to them. Maybe they wanted to really lean into the campiness of it. Um, I don't think they meant to be campy at first. Maybe. I don't know. Because it is ironically just bad. At like the beginning, the beginning scene, you think you're going to get this artsy work of art. And honestly, whenever I first watched it, I couldn't breathe. I was just so mesmer. I was like, yes, I am entranced by the moment. But watching that now, knowing what comes after it, you're like, that's too much. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it is very over the top. It is very ridiculous. But I mean, again, I, I would say like, even if we don't know why, I, I think they are intentional choices. I like it. Do Is it true? Is it true what I've heard through the grapevine that all those special visual effects improve over the course of the series? I, I would say so. I think well, so, except for the CGI child. Yeah. They really do, because whenever Bella turns into a vampire, I would say that's a very good moment. Mm -hmm. That's And then, um, yeah, I, I would say they they definitely don't perfect that craft, but they work so on it. Alert. CGI baby is the worst thing in the CGI existence baby of every, of is... everything. Okay, except for the CGI baby's name. But does it does it seem does it seem like they're trying to improve those visual effects throughout the series? Yes, it, it because doesn't seem like they're trying, they are not always successful. I think they See, wanted more of an audience that was mature, and mm -hmm. I think they realized, oh, we can brand, we can we can market to more than the tweens. Let's uh -huh. try. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's also growing up with the movies. So yeah, they're trying to like keep up. Gotta keep up with the times now. Yeah. Gotta please me. I was the, the audience. The cinematographer is Elliot Davis. Uh, the only, the only other movie I know of his that he did was I Am Sam, and that is a pretty heavy movie, and it's not nothing at all like Twilight um so it leads me to believe that this was just the director's choice mm -hmm. doing this kind of stuff um i mean the the, the special effects this movie had a budget <laughs> there's no reason it it couldn't have been better it, it was just a choice to make them blur <laughs> i don't know why it wasn't needed 
Yeah, it was clunky. It would have looked better without the blur. Who knows? Yeah, I guess so. So uh, one thing that I feel like Twilight is known for is that a lot of the actors famously hated working on this movie or like on, on the series. Uh, Robert Pattinson specifically, uh, but I believe others have come out and kind of said that it was not a good experience for them. They uh, didn't really enjoy it. Um, how, how did y'all feel about the acting in this movie? Hmm. Well, um, through the years of me not watching this movie, mm-hmm. but just hearing about it from my friends, I felt like the main thing people criticized was the blank, emotionless look on Kristen Stewart's face. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because I'm kind of one of those blank, emotionless face kind of people. But when I watched it, I didn't feel bothered by that. That's, I, I never felt bothered by that either. I don't think she was ever blank and emotionless or emotionless. I think she was more like cringy, weird, forced emotion. I, I think she was showing emotion, but it was, I don't know. It wasn't like in any way, shape or form organic. Mm-hmm. And it was just everything about it was everything about the movie is awkward. It's like oh. the office. It's awkward. And you either embrace it and you join it or you hate it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, so I it makes me laugh like Twilight mm-hmm. now. Then I was obsessed and I would defend it to my grave. Now I respect it as a, a good comedic laugh. Um, but that's but that's not the intention that wasn't the intention of the. Yeah, I don't think they wanted you to. I don't think they meant for this to be a comedy. No, it's. But it is kind of now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a fun. It can be a fun movie to watch. I. It's uh, to funny enjoy. to laugh. Yeah, you laugh, yeah. and at and then the very last movie, you will cry. It's the yeah. only movie you, I I cried. A, I I think as the series continues, while there are cringy moments throughout, it gets less so. Like, I will say, I think the movies get better um, as you make your way through the series. I mean, I, I found myself really actually interested in mm-hmm. this movie. Like, I paid attention. Yeah. Like, right. I, like I, was, I was I was hooked, honestly. As far as the story, uh, I think it is at least, at the very least, an intriguing story. Um, I yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Acted enough that it's not distracting. I was really interested in what the Cullens have going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree that it is an intriguing story. Um, the other thing that I came to realize people criticize Kristen Stewart for is all the like head shaking and you know jerking yeah. her hair around and things. Yeah, um, I didn't realize that was one of the things people criticize, but now I get it. Uh, now you know now i've seen all the tiktoks making fun of it um you know another actor i was not feeling in this movie um honestly the main like if nobody had ever criticized Kristen stewart in my entire life if i'd never heard any criticism of uh, criticism of her in this movie i might not have thought to criticize her myself but the actor who did rub me the wrong way i can't remember his name but it's the quote-unquote dad of the vampire family the doctor dr cohen yeah, he was too much. Oh, really? Yeah, he he just seemed like he was laying it on a little thick the entire time. How so? He um 
you know, he's supposed to, he's he's a good guy. Obviously, he's like a heart of gold kind of character. Yeah. Um, you figure out pretty quick that he's a vampire, and he just the whole time I just felt like they put like the director sat down in front of him and said, "Remember, you're a vampire," and that was his motivation. And he just acted like like he was a good guy. But he just seemed like a dramatic creep the whole time, and it, I didn't. I was not crazy about it. Oh, I it's not that, that at all. It's not that. Um, it's not that I didn't think. You know, I wouldn't say he acted poorly, but it did rub me the wrong way. Just like how, like dipped in the creepy pasty vampire thing he was. Mm-hmm. He also, though, you discover this in later movies. He's also like over a thousand years old, and he worked for the Volturi, which is like the vampire council of I will murder you and I make the law. So like Italian Spoilers. style Vatican City crazies. Mm-hmm. So I mean like I think and if you if you pay attention to any of those main Volturi vampire people which come in later movies, I think Carlisle is well adjusted mm-hmm. to quote unquote normal life compared to what they were like. So but you have to have that context as well. Right. So with that context, his behavior, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But also, if you if you just didn't have that context, uh, I see how he could be a little too Dracula. Yeah. I think Carlisle is actually a super interesting character throughout the, uh, the rest of the series. Because, I mean, he's he is the one that started the Cullen family, which is essentially something that's never been done before. Like, I mean, vampires are vampires. They suck human blood. Um, and I mean, I may be wrong on the um, story of this. I'm not, I, I've seen all, all of them except for the one, one time. <laughs> but like Carlisle and the rest of the Collins all seem to very much be essentially the equivalent of outsiders in the vampire community. Like they're uh, like, because of how long they've been around, uh, Carlisle is well expected or like well respected. Um, but they're looking for reasons to get rid of them um, yeah. pretty much at every turn. And with that, I, I think they end up becoming incredibly interesting. And uh, But I can kind of get why you wouldn't get that from just this film because you don't have um, all that lore yet. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll pay attention to those things because I do plan to watch all the movies and I'll try not to skip eclipse on my way through. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to say real quick, uh, some of the things you just said also reminded me once again of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There are some similar things going on with some of those vampires have just been around a long time mm-hmm. and they kind of just have history among vampires and they earn a certain amount of respect no matter what side they're on kind of thing. Yeah. And that is, you know, that leads to some intriguing situations. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, going back to Kristen Stewart though. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that, that was really the only major problem I had with the movie. I mean, I'm sure you've all heard it before, but I never have talked about it. I, I mean, I, I, I just, the whole scene between them meeting each other and then like they're in the lab sitting next to each other for the first time like holy crap like <laughs> i was i did i died i died that killed me Sucked all the energy out of me i did i died yeah we're speaking and, to tristan um through a medium right now tristan actually. is actually a vampire oh and, well Yes. And and it was it was what I mean is it was hilarious. Yes. It was hilariously bad. 
that <laughs> whenever like, he clutched his nose and was like shaking and then she like yeah. smelled herself and she was like oh like I, I, I get why you know after watching the movie like why that happened but it's just like man <laughs> yeah like it's one of those it's Holly. a scene you you watch and go, oh my gosh. <laughs> Otherwise, the colors of the movie just got kind of like too much. It was just too much. Just let there be more color. But it's literally Forks, Washington. Have you ever yeah. been there? It, it, the Pacific Northwest. I mean, like just in general, not to hate on it. I, I think it's one of the most beautiful places in our country. But it's just rainy. I mm-hmm. mean, like it's not, it's just not that colorful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why the Collins live there. Uh, they can live there inconspicuously. Inconspicuously. That's like clap it out. We were doing syllables today. <laughs> inconspicuously. What was that, like seven or eight? I didn't count it. Six. Six. All right. Speaking uh, of numbers, uh, I think it's time we score this sucker. Also, bioluminescent has six syllables, but that's just right. a fun fact. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> before... Oh. Before we do that, uh, do you guys need, do we need to say anything else about Robert Pattinson? I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I, I just like. Fine. I think he was actually yeah. a good actor. One thing and I will they say. Probably said, they probably said, work off what Kristen Stewart does. And then he was <laughs> bad off, worse off for it. That's what he I think. He was supposed to be a redhead. And he's not really a redhead. And that is disappointing. <laughs> and then they really give up on that. Also, what really irks me is the makeup on all the vampires, boy or girl. They have absolutely visible powder on their face and red lipstick on their lips. Mm-hmm. And it's in every movie. And yeah, the makeup quality gets better as movies go on. But that's just disgusting. It looks like they had powdered donuts and just plowed their face <laughs> in the dust. And then it looks like they got a wet towel and wiped their lips. I hate it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, with all that being said, let's score this sucker. Woo! That was a good vampire joke, Ben. Did you uh, mean for that to happen? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, so, who wants to go first? I will. All right, Tristan. Well, folks, I had a hard time thinking about this score. I didn't <clears throat> didn't quite know what to give it. I tried to think back to what I gave other movies, and as always, I don't have a memory, so. Um, I am gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go with a 78, actually. Okay. For Twilight, I'm gonna give Twilight a 78. There, I said it. Nice. That's kind of high. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I, I'm interested to see what is next in okay. this in this franchise, and I also, um, I, I, I it kept my attention the whole time, you know. And it had flaws, but it was still pretty good. All right. And uh, before we go on to the next score, Team Edward or Team Jacob? Ooh. Me? Jacob wasn't really yeah. in this movie, though. That's not fair. What do you mean, he Team Jacob? <laughs> he said, what do you mean, Team Jacob? How is there, how is there a Team Jacob? You haven't, you haven't been exposed. Ask him after the next movie. Uh, okay. How could I choose? Jacob's just a dude. I promise you, <laughs> you will want to choose. Give it time. Jacob turns out to be deep down inside. He's just a dog. Stop. <laughs> You've already spoiled that she's going to be a vampire. So, yeah, I actually didn't know that either, Macy. That was a spoiler. 
<laughs> literally alice said that it would happen That's in this true. movie and alice's visions do come true how was i to know that you just said you just pulled something <laughs> yeah. else from because me they said that in the movie i'm pretty sure Am they I said to like believe that though <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they said her visions don't always come true that the okay. future can change wow yeah. i'm sorry but it is very obvious after five movies that that would happen what right. the heck i'll talk All to right. you after five movies. hey well look. watch any promo video for this <laughs> well I, w- I wasn't mad about it it's oh, fine okay. it's fine but, uh, um i'm i'm uh i'm glad i watched the first one finally and i'm definitely going to watch the rest of them but uh it's less because i'm enjoying the story and more because I just want the culturing experience. I've just decided I need to know what goes on <laughs> in this story. Um, I think I'm going to call that a 63. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's low. It's got, you know, I think I just, I think I understand where so many of the scores for this movie that we looked at earlier came from so many people loved it and gave it really high. So many people hated it and gave it really low. And every now and then there's somebody like me, who's just kind of in the middle about it. And that's how you end up with 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Tragic days, darker nights. Well, boys, do you want to know what I am going to rate this movie? Yeah. A realistic score. Um, I did lower it from what I wanted to give it. (laughs) thanks so is this your favorite so, movie no it's not my favorite movie but i love this movie and i love what the franchise is and yeah it's cringy and it's bad and it's comedic and it's all those things it's not done super well but emotionally i freaking love this movie it is a part of my development a part of my childhood it was a big memory for me and my friends uh i i love I love a good little sappy romance. I don't care. I'll say it. I said on the last podcast I was on, I like the movie Trolls. I like happy things. I like to be pleased. And if you're a branch, I'm sorry. But I'm a poppy. So anywho, and I did lower the score. And I did think about it. And you cannot get mad. What's your score? (laughs) You lowered it to 98. I lowered it to I lowered it from ninety eight actually to ninety four. All right, nice. And I'm awkwardly smiling right now <laughs> <laughs> because I would watch this movie at least every other day. The watchability of a movie, in my opinion, is very big. I know I enjoy this movie. I know I can laugh. I know I enjoy the characters. I know I enjoy the storyline that continues after. I find it a really pleasing movie and I, I appreciate it. I mean, it's still, I remember, I like the memories I have with it. I just, I really like this movie and I think you can watch it. I mean, with almost anyone and have a good time. I wouldn't want to watch it with my parents necessarily because that's just weird, but <laughs> anybody else, <laughs> I think it'd be a great time. All right. Uh, well, my score is going to be a little lower than that. Um, a little or a lot? <laughs> one of those. All right. Um, so, like I've been saying, I, I, I don't necessarily think that this is a good movie. Okay. Uh, it's certainly not the best of the series. Um, I, I do think they get better of the ones that I've seen. Um, 
I think there are absolutely redeeming qualities about this film, though. Um, and I don't think it's a movie that you should immediately dismiss because you don't like shiny vampires or because they're fat CGI um, or because you don't like Kristen Stewart's um, facial expressions. Um, I, I think this is a movie that if you were younger and dismissed it for any of those reasons, I think it's a movie that you should give a chance. Um, might, might not like it, but um, I think it is worth watching. Um, and for that reason, I'll give it a 70. Oh. I think that's a happy medium between it uh, being something that is worth watching, but is not something I would call great. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel tragic. that. So that's a tragic score. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, so after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, <laughs> uh, we get a final score of a 76.25. I disagree, but I respect the public. Yeah. So I was the most right. Sure. Hmm. What was yep. your score, Tristan? 78. You didn't win. Price is right rules. Say Price is right rules. Mm-hmm. I won. Benjamin. I was the most right. Nope. Though. Price is right rules. When was so that ever stated? Before? Oh, it, it was stated as soon as Ben was not right all the time anymore. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I declare it to be wrong then. Well, uh, when was Ben ever wrong. right? I'm always right. Well, for the first for a while when we were doing these podcasts ben was pretty consistently getting close to the average score good for him i think i've also gotten a little Talents. meaner as we've gotten as we've gone along you i've know, noticed that on doug hasn't been here and I, i've kind of settled into that <laughs> inner role with the exception of this week um i think 70 is still relatively rude <sighs> i was very nice on the last podcast and i gave the artist a higher score than you gave this movie and you would probably watch this movie more often than we watch the artist maybe probably well we have actually if you think about it that that is also accurate but speaking of movies uh, does anyone know what we're watching next week i actually don't can someone tell me yeah uh we are watching the 2020 uh netflix original i believe uh the trial of the chicago seven directed by aaron sorkin uh starring eddie redmayne sasha baron cohen uh, Alex Sharp and a whole bunch of other famous looking people. Um, but yeah, that should be a fun time. Does anyone know what the trial was over? I'm kind of in the dark. Uh, Off the top of your find head. Out next week. <laughs> oh, gosh. Next week. And that's all we have today. Tune folks. in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, be sure to follow us on all of our social media at Vider Media. See all the cool stuff that we're doing. Uh, we've got new episodes of Setting the Skin every Wednesday, new episodes of Tea with Doug G every Monday night at nine. Uh, but yes, until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And I'm Macy. And this has been Setting the Scheme. Y'all have a great week.